thing for lights (laughs) (laughs) and uh as a kid when i was getting rewarded my mom would say what would you like to get or when you go shopping with me to the mall we'll go get so i'd get a prize at the end of the shopping so we'd always go to sears and i would pick out a flashlight i thought all my flashlights died little did i know they have batteries in them and that when you leave them on overnight they then go off. so i'd be like mom my flashlight's broken i need another one so then we'd go shopping and do whatever and then we stop at sears and i'd get another flashlight so i had a bunch of flashlights all throughout my life i've always loved lights i love lamps don't know why i've really gotten better i used to buy lamps like probably every weekend yeah i would just like <laughs> such a random fetish <laughs> So I'd go to like thrift shops and I would just go, oh, this is a cool lamp. Oh, well, at least you're getting a good deal. Right, right. And it was not just like, oh, I need to go buy light, like an addiction. Nebraska furniture right, right, trip right, right, for right, another right. lamp. Oh, it's going back. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, no. Obsession from the standpoint of like, I just, I think that, I don't think lighting's cool, but yeah. I don't know anything about lighting. So what I end up doing is getting a bunch of lamps and there's just weird shadows everywhere in a room that I am. And so I have to get rid of them because <laughs> Carrie tells me to. Stop bringing stuff home is basically what she right. told me after a lamps while. and puppies. Lab. Don't bring either and one kitties, home anymore. Yeah. No more animals, <laughs> no more lamps. So uh, I got a $50 gift card to Target. Sweet. And I thought, man, I got 50 bucks. I got to spend it all in one shot because that's how gift cards are. You know, you have to use them when you walk in the store for the first time with it. Can't use it next time. Can't save it. No. no. So I started doing the math on things and I uh, got to this aisle that had these lights. And they're these push lights. So I'm always thinking about like... Oh, we could put these in here in the studio and then they wouldn't have to be so bright. But really, these aren't going to do anything. And I'll take a picture of them and I'll put them up on our social media. But these aren't going to do anything for this room. So I don't know why I purchased them. Oh, yeah, I do. Because they were once $16.99 and they had a $6 tag in the clearance section. I thought that was a deal I couldn't pass. Also, (laughs) they were Energizer lights, like Energizer batteries, right? So they last forever. Well, you'd think that they would have batteries in them that would last forever. Energizer brand lights would have Energizer brand batteries Mm -hmm. inside of them from a battery company. You'd think your lights would have them. Right. Nothing. So we had to go get a box of AAA batteries because these take six, three per. Stop. stop, stop, stop. Yeah, yeah. They're barely big enough than three AAA batteries. That's what I'm saying. Like they, they're smaller than the palm of your hand. They're, they're tiny. You would think that this and thing would just run off of like sunlight. Joy. Right. <laughs> <Or> joy. <laughs> so, and if it did run off of joy, look, look at all the joy in your heart, Matt, when you got new lights. That's so weird. Okay, so they each take three AAA batteries. Three AAA batteries. So, okay, so did you stock up then? Carrie went to Sam's Club, and all we needed was six. <laughs> <laughs> she got 60. And so, so uh, you spent $30 <laughs> on batteries for your $6 lights. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So many, I just think of all the kids with like Matchbox car collections <laughs> and, or those LOL dolls now. <laughs> and Matt's like, you guys want to see my flashlight collection? You guys want to come over and play? None of them work. <laughs> when that one used to work, it was really cool, guys. That light was so cool. <laughs> uh, so Carrie comes home with her 60 pack of triple A's. Yes. And she put them in the fridge. Triple A batteries in... Batteries in the refrigerator. You're not supposed to put batteries in the fridge, are you? Right? 
right? <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't know. What have you heard of that? that? Let me look it up. I don't know anything about that. But when you asked me about batteries in the fridge earlier, <laughs> I thought like your fridge needed a battery for something. <laughs> no. And then you said triple A. I'm like, what refrigerator do you have that runs on triple A batteries? Just these lights. <laughs> you mean, okay. So she buys batteries and she keeps them in the fridge. She's supposed in the to fridge. keep them longer? I have no idea. So that brought me to a thought. <laughs> Weird. What do people, yeah. Sometimes I see stuff like people keep stuff in the fridge and you just go like, flour? Flour. That's in our freezer. She keeps that in the freezer. Huh. And then uh, bread. She always puts bread in the fridge. Does it get hard? I don't know. She says it, it keeps it longer. And I'm sure everything does keep longer if you have it in the fridge. Maybe if it's supposed to. Does it slow down the... The deterioration of the processed flour. I mean, what happens? Why bread, is it? though, like if she baked banana bread, would she put no, it in no, the fridge? No. Um, I nah, feel like, we I feel like the quick. fridge dries things out sometimes. What about in plastic shut airtight? Hmm, I don't know. That I, brings I me know. to a game I'd like to play. <laughs> of course. You ready for it? It's called Fridge, Freezer, or Nah. <laughs> Which means out on the counter or just not in the fridge or the freezer. Okay. 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 okay, okay. All right. Sure. You ready? Yep. Sure. Fridge, freezer, or nah. Do Do you want to ask me and then I will tell you, or do you we want I want to ask you all of them and then you guess, or do you do you know what I'm saying? Or do we just go back and forth? Are my, is this really a game? Like, is somebody gonna win? It's not really a winning game. Really? It's really just a a conversation. Isn't I'm sorry. It? There's. It's always. Is there a, game. a right answer? Yes. Oh, Don't you think? Bring it. Here's why. Here's bring why. It. Okay, bring it. Bring it. I think this one, not only is it a fruit or a vegetable, but should it be in the fridge or nah? Oh, okay. Okay. Are you asking my opinion or are you th- are you saying there's a right answer to all um, of these? I would say there's probably uh, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Okay. Got it. Or at least in this case, to reach the ultimate flavor of the item, you'd want to keep them outside to of the keep refrigerator. It at its best to be able to enjoy it at its best. Got it. So, fridge, freezer, or nah. Okay. Is a tomato. Fridge. Fridge. That's what I hear a lot of people doing, including us at times. Okay. But. For maximum flavor, it says to leave it at room temperature. So if huh. you do keep your tomato cold, get it out of the fridge about an hour before you're going to use it on something. It'll have more flavor. Uh, Pretty cool, huh? But you don't want to leave it on the counter. Like, I feel like if you leave it on the counter for a few days, like you're going to get like fruit flies, well, right? Well, you probably would. But here- So they're just saying like, take it out. I mean, they, you know, kind of like when you cook meat, you let it rest. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right? When you- Open a bottle of wine, you let it breathe, right? right? Or so an egg, bring it to temperature, yeah. whatever, room temperature. But I, but I, that, mm. I, but do you want to bite into like a warm tomato? I don't know. On your burger? That's the thing is that if the contrast is that cold or it comes straight from the fridge onto a hot burger, because most of the time we'll take it out and we let it sit anyway. Okay. But I've always seen people who just put them in like to their fruit basket or they'll set them out of the right. or they'll put them in like a paper bag, but they want them at room temperature. So I've heard the argument on both sides. But I do like a cold tomato. Like on a salad, I don't want a room temperature Ooh, tomato. No. And doesn't no. it seem like it would get a little more smushy and like some of the juices yeah. would just start flowing? And Which it would is just all be... the things I don't like right. about tomatoes. Right. Like if, I, if I'm going to eat a tomato, which I'm not going to eat that often, but like on a burger in yeah. the summer, yeah. it could come fresh, hot out of somebody's garden, but it's going in the fridge because I want it to be cold. Yes, cold. I agree. Okay. So who wins? Uh, we both win on that one. Ding, 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 ding. I have one. I have one. I have a okay. question. Syrup. Syrup is a non-refrigerator item. 
Syrup is? Yes. You say non. Non. Don't put syrup in the fridge. Syrup and uh, honey both belong outside, outside of the refrigerator. Why? Because they get too uh, like thick. crystally, right? Thick and crystally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, I have, like, uh, I've started the last several years buying real maple syrup, not just like oh, yeah. country cabin. Yeah. Right, that's like sugar <laughs> and water. Yeah, it like really maple is, huh? flavoring yeah, in it. Yeah. But you know those ones that you buy that are... Just maple flavoring. Yeah. They can sit in your pantry for like 11 years Forever. or something. Yeah. But the real maple syrup that I buy, it says keep refrigerated. It does. Why? So I don't know. Probably just keeps it Probably better longer. Probably there's less preservatives. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But I but I always heat my syrup up anyway. Like I want hot syrup. You do? Oh, yeah. Oh. Have you tried it? Uh-uh. Wait, before you put it on your pancakes? Your, yeah. Oh. I'll put it like in a gravy boat sometimes. That's smart. Heat it up. So I guess you keep it in the fridge to keep it. From getting bad, yeah. but then I guess, I don't know, I heat it up. Okay, I got another one. You got another one? Uh, you got, go ahead. Butter. Both. Both? Yes. It, actually, how about all three? Fridge, freezer, oh. and... Oh! <gasps> you're right. Yes. I have I have them in all three places in my house right now. So with cooking, of course, you're supposed to leave it out just because then it can beat better versus like... I leave it out for like toast. Like things that you're gonna go. Yes. Like we, I have a stick of butter in a butter dish on my counter at all times, and I don't understand why that doesn't go bad. It's da- you know I mean it's like dairy, but I think there's so much salt in it or or whatever. That's a really good question. It's literally. I mean, we have six people. We go through it fast, but it's on my counter all the time. But you're right. I also keep it in the freezer when it's on sale. You stock up. I also have it in the fridge. We've got in all three places. How about? Beth's cinnamon rolls. Fridge, freezer, or nah? Nah. Why? Every day. Cream cheese, though. I don't worry about the cream cheese frosting. You I don't. don't? I don't know why, but they absolutely will dry out. Once they're baked, you put them in the fridge, they'll dry out. So, no. I leave Wasn't them on the Wasn't there some rule that you had, though, that you, to keep some in the fridge if they... Some people buy the... Like, when I sell cinnamon rolls for a... Fundraiser, right, 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 right. Um, they'll buy them. I'll do the take and bake ones where I do all the, I prep, I get it all ready. I roll them out. I put them in the pan, but I, rather than letting them rise and throw them in the oven, I stick them straight in the fridge and then people buy them that way. They bring them home, let them rise and they bake them. Okay. Even though, sense. even still, I think they're drier than when I just bake them myself. So I always good. tell people. So good. The best cinnamon roll I've ever had. Yeah. Email us at the Matt and Beth show.com. At gmail.com. I'll make them for you. I mean, I'll sell, uh, I'll sell them to you. I'll sell them to you. You will right. pay for them. Uh, so, no, I think anything bread, and I was going to say that about bagels, too. You know, sometimes bagels. you can buy bagels in a bag in the, fr- uh, like, refrigerator section at yeah. the store, and yeah. they say keep refrigerated. But yeah. then you buy, like, Thomas bagels off of the shelf. They don't say anything about refrigeration. Canned meat. Oh. Isn't that weird that that doesn't have to sit in the refrigerator? It's meat. How That's much preservatives is it sitting in, though? But I guess some, it's like... Yeah, it is preservatives, but also the process. There's something about the way they process it to get it canned, right? But how... I never but understand I mean, the, the canning process. I don't understand how something that is meat, regardless of what it's sitting in, can sit without being at a certain temperature and still be okay. That's meat. That's got to be real right. chicken. Carrie uses the canned chicken instead of like chopping up a breast when it comes to like chicken salad. If she had a choice between the mm-hmm. two, she would rather have the canned and then huh. like squishes it up and it gets kind of stringy and almost a little bit tuna fishy. Yeah. But yeah. that seems like something you'd want to put in the fridge. 
Yeah, it, I don't. I mean, it's the whole do you eat canned meat? canning process. I used to years ago. I would use it like in casseroles, like a yeah. chicken. I don't know enchilada. It's almost like a place of tuna. Yeah, but it used to be cheaper than like just buying chicken. I don't think it is anymore. I mean, I don't think it tastes as good either, so I don't use it as much. But actually, at all. I don't really use it anymore. But at, at the time, like when we were in college and didn't have full-time jobs, and I don't even know how we like made it work, it was a lot of canned chicken in casseroles. How about Spam? No. Have you ever I, had it? Uh, I have had it. Have you had it? Like Probably fried Spam? I'm it's sure I have. fine. It tastes, it's just like salty. Like I, I have eaten it, but I wouldn't like, I wouldn't buy it or cook it or order it, but I have taken a bite of it now let's get to where the heart of this entire conversation okay. batteries in the refrigerator oh, that's where we, right carrie left a entire pack and this isn't something that she's not done in the past this is not new this is something that we've always i guess okay. i do it now too because she does okay but batteries have always been in the fridge if you want to go find batteries go look in the fridge Huh. What do battery manufacturers say about batteries what? being in the fridge? I have heard about that for, yeah, Does it, is it supposed to extend their life or something? Is that what we think it's supposed to do? I, I assume that's why okay. we make okay. anything cold. Most battery manufacturers do not recommend storing batteries in your refrigerator. Well. All right. Okay, there you go. So that reminds me then of coffee. Okay. Coffee you know, in the fridge, people, free fridge, yeah. freezer or freezer. not. Like I hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see a lot of people cook it in, or put it in the fridge. So the freezer. What, not, you worked in coffee freezer. though, correct? Yeah, I worked at Starbucks yeah. several years ago, like fifteen years ago. And when I first started, there was this manager that drove me crazy. It was so hard to work for her. And. As I think about her, I was like, what was her? I don't even remember her name. And it immediately came to my mind. <laughs> like, nope, I remember her name. Like, I think that there's some maybe like resentment or something that <laughs> I need to probably work through. work through. Anyway, but when I first started working there, like I was probably like, I don't know, three weeks in and I'm grinding coffee to make coffee. And I say, so what do I do with this now? Do I put it in the freezer? Because that's what people do, right? And she goes. Oh, you don't know the five enemies of coffee? Well, let me just tell you. And I was like, <laughs> you know, it was already like I'd only worked there three weeks, but I already know that I don't want to learn from you, which is a life lesson. Like sometimes you have to learn from people. She knew a lot more about coffee than me. But in that moment, I was like, I don't know what they are, and I don't want to hear them from you. Oh, wow. <laughs> So anytime I see coffee in the freezer, I immediately go, you don't know the five enemies of coffee? Well, one of them, and I can't even tell you what the rest of them are, but Starbucks would, t would tell you one of the five enemies of coffee is temperature change, like dra oh. drastic temperature change. So if you're taking your coffee and it's in the freezer and you're putting it in the hot water and it's brewing, that that is, again, it's not going to ruin it. I don't know what it does to it other than they're saying, if you want, because Starbucks wants their coffee at its best. Yes, absolutely. If you want it functioning at its best, best. yes, you don't want it to go through that temperature change. Right. And it so doesn't that, mean- Does that, that mean you couldn't take it out like we were talking about with the tomato and right. let it sit? Ah. Or is it like, no, it really doesn't like 
hot, cold. I can tell you this. I've been to a coffee plantation on a mountain in Guatemala, and they would tell you the coffee grown at this altitude go down a thousand feet on the same mountain tastes different than the coffee at this. And it's all about temperature. All that to say, Stacy from Starbucks in Hanover Park, Illinois, from 18 years ago would tell you, (laughs) do not put that coffee in the freezer. (laughs) You're listening to Matt and my mom. This is the Matt and the show. So I was looking around at church on Sunday, and not only did I see a bunch of new faces, people I've never seen before, not only did I feel, I mean, I could feel lives changing within that room. Powerful. Just powerful. And I feel like somebody who has walked into that specific church for the first time in a place where I was rock bottom, didn't know what I was going to do with my life, didn't know if I wanted to have a life anymore, and I show up at that church, and I was changed. There was there was change that happened within me without even really having to do anything intentional, just be present there and be vulnerable and be open because that's just where I was at that moment in life. But not everybody has those huge incidents that happen and then they end up at church the next day because I think from my perspective, it was probably a lot easier because my guard was so dropped. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I, I felt like I had nothing. I was so raw. So everything that came to me that was the message of God was just hitting me so strong. Imagine somebody coming in, we'll look at like even like Easter or uh, on on a weekend, they went and visited mom and they're coming in there for the first time. And maybe they're in a place in their life because we all have struggles. How we handle them or where we're at in in, in that moment in our life could be we don't don't have any answers. We've been trying. We've been trying to figure out why is my life, why does it feel almost worthless or I don't feel that I really have purpose or my identity has always been tied to X. Something that, that hits someone when they're sitting in that church that that starts to stir up within them. And I started thinking that like at that moment, what would I tell them? Or when they're at home and we're telling them, Hey, pray, how do you get into that, that place where uh, you feel like you actually are connecting with God and not just talking to yourself? I don't, you know what I'm saying? What is the best practice to get to that point where you feel like you're starting that relationship respectfully with God? Yeah. I think, I think everybody comes into it from in different places, right? You're, relationship with God started before you were even at church, right? It was this uh, moment where you knew you were at the bottom and you were just reaching out for something. Did you even know that it was God at the time? But you felt him grab a hold of you, right? Mm -hmm. So other people are coming in like not at rock bottom, right? right? Just like, oh, there's a God out there. Like trying to figure out why would I need something like this? My life is fine. So I think everybody starts in different places, but what are the best practices? I just, I just, let's dial it back. Like, what are we talking about? We are talking about how to have a relationship with God, right? Yeah. So I think about how do you form relationships with people? It's a little different. You don't see God face to face, right? You can't be like, let's go get coffee, right? It's, it's a little bit different. But if you were wanting to start a relationship with someone, a friendship, any kind of relationship, you, what do you need to do? Like you talk, uh, you listen, you spend time together learning about the things that that person likes and they spend the, spend time learning those about you. But it, it all comes back to conversation and basically studying each other. 
uh, making observations, hearing what they're saying, taking note of it even, remembering when they tell you when their birthday is. You're going to probably want to put that on your calendar. So you're, you're, you're talking, you're listening, you're studying that person, you're getting to know what makes them tick, and you're like making notes about it and, try, and remembering it. Um, and, and that's kind of how our relationship with God is. So somebody was like, how do I like start? Well, prayer is the talking part. So where you and I could go grab coffee, we could talk for a while. I would get to know you like the prayer is that with God. And it is such a learning curve. Like it is such a process. So it is awkward at first and it might be awkward for a very long time. And I think that's really normal because you're talking to someone you don't see and it's all about, but I believe that you're there. Like it's out of, I'm taking a step of faith and saying, when these words come out of my mouth, somebody that I can't see is listening and somebody that can do something about what I'm talking about is listening. So it's a muscle that you have to work out, but that's your talking part where you just sit down and you're, you know, you can sit down. It can be while you're driving. It can be while you're on a walk. A walk is a great place because you don't have anything else pulling at you and you're getting some exercise. In the same way that if you and I sat at a coffee shop, if I wanted you to know what's going on in my life, I'd have to speak it to you. Yeah. So again, I think God knows everything, but he wants to hear us say that. So I think start with just saying out loud, what's going on in your life? I woke up today and I feel, I feel so good about this. I'm so grateful for what I have today. Like today was a really good morning. So I would start by just saying, you know, why do we say dear God? Like it's a letter. I don't know. You can just say, you know, father, you know, Jesus, uh, you don't, you know, you just, you just start talking. I, or I woke up today feeling really sad. The things that I'm carrying right now are so heavy. Um, I'm concerned about my kids doing this friendship that seems toxic. What are your concerns? Like you just voice it as if you're talking to a friend. Yeah. And let me say this yeah. is that before having that relationship or starting that relationship and a couple things is that awkwardness. Yes. As, as anything that you begin, I believe. Any relationship, their first Anything. conversation yeah. is awkward. It's awkward. So understand that and understand that don't expect to have an experience that someone else told you about. Yeah. You know, and don't put expectations on that relationship at first. And don't, you know what I mean? Here's here's where I found myself in, in uh, say, like a situation I was trying to work through or if it was just gratitude or whether it was whatever. I found myself almost beating myself up in situations where um, now I talk to God about. So instead of having a conversation with God, which I know something can happen in that conversation versus me going, talking to myself in a negative manner versus, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. that's what it used to be because there was no one there to, to talk to. So what do you do in, in, in place of that is you talk to yourself or talk down to yourself. Yeah. And once the realization, once your faith starts growing and you know that you really are and you believe strongly that you are talking to that person you can't see, then it starts to change. But that takes yeah. time. Find those moments when you know that you're at your best to be focused yeah. on something. Because right. I think too many times we think we can just, you know, plug Jesus in with whatever we're doing. And you can, and you can have those conversations. But I think that like, just like a good friendship is make time. Make that time when it is that one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. When you're not just in a group of people trying to scream at each other across the room. But make that time. And I found that that uncomfortable time that I don't like sitting by myself. I just want to say, too, like, you're not alone. So even, um, you know, as like you're saying, as a, you know, you're 
you're finding yourself turning to God in situations where you would have just been in your own head right, or whatever. Right. I find, I mean, I've been walking with Jesus for most of my life. I find when a, a tough situation ri- arises, I want to talk to Sean. I want to talk to a friend. Like, I want to just be like, can you believe, can you believe this happened? Oh my gosh, this just happened. Can you believe what this happened? Because I want some, there's a part of me that wants them to feed into, I want somebody that I can see. I want to see their reaction and I want to see, I want to hear them come to my defense. And I, but I have had to learn, like, even now I'm still learning, like, where do I go first? Because ultimately I believe my husband hears from God. I believe my friends have my good at heart, but they're also human. And sometimes like I, I, I have to learn even still now, like the, the easiest thing to, for me to do is talk to someone face to face so that they can like sit with me in my misery. And there's a time and a place for that. And often I bring those people into it as well. But I even years later, like I stopped to remind myself, like I want to, I want to know what God says about this. Like what I, I want him to be the, the one that, uh, I, that I run to because the peace that he gives is better even than somebody sitting with me and being, you know, commiserating with me. Do you know right. what I mean? Absolutely. But that is, that it's so common and, and prayer, I would say for most people is very awkward for a long time. Same like with going to the gym. Like we just got a gym membership. Like I go to the gym and I do the same thing every day, but you know, the thought of like walking over and doing my own exercises, like on the free weights, I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. Like I'm going to look like, I'm just, I'm gonna look uncoordinated, you know, uncoordinated, but we all have to learn. We all have to use this muscle. We all like, we all, as you go and as you grow, as you take input from others, if I would just go meet with a trainer, they could give me some exercises. I could then do it on my own. But I I think we have to start small and just like start with what we know. What we know is the way to grow a relationship is in communication. So it starts with talking, pour your heart out. Tell God what you're feeling. It doesn't need to be a set amount of time. Um, like you said, find the time that's best for you during the day. But I would argue also try to squeeze it in throughout the day. Do both. A, re- a good relationship like Sean and I, you know, if we just went on one date night a week and then we never like had other conversation, like I'd have six days where I don't feel any, you know, don't feel connected to him, but we should go on date nights. We should have set times where we sit down and talk, but we also should, you know, touch base throughout the day every day. Right. right, So I think prayer is one of those things that don't do one or the other. Try to do both. Try to add both, but it's also listening. And this is the harder one. Like some of us, we can understand being like, ah, God, and pouring all these things out. The other thing is learning to listen. And that is something that takes time. And so I would encourage everybody as you're starting prayer, your prayer journey, pour your heart out to God and then just take a minute and just sit. Is God going to be like, well, in response to that, I would like you not maybe he might some people have heard him speak audibly sometimes you just feel uh, you sense something in your gut that you're like this is i'm sensing a confirmation like i was feeling like i should apply for this job i was thinking about applying for this job i'm praying about it and i feel such peace when i think about applying for this job well I'd say go for it and, and say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I think this is maybe the direction you're leading me, but stop it. If it's, if this is not what you want, because, um, truthfully we can think we hear from God and often we do, but we're also 
selfish. We're also self-seeking. We also are comfort seeking. And so a lot of times we're like, well, I really have peace about spending the week in Cabo. <laughs> well, I, you know, most of us do like sitting on a beach, yeah. doing nothing for a week. Like, yeah, I got peace about that. But <laughs> so you always want to make sure that this feeling that I have of peace, like, does it line up uh, with God's word? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're like, no, I just sense so much peace about leaving leaving my family here to fend for themselves while I go spend six months lounging on a beach. Well, like, no, like God, you know, as a parent, like God, there are things that God encourages, like, you know, there, there's, you know, taking care of your family. So you, you always got to make sure that it lines up. It's not just what am I feeling like he's saying. Mm. And then I think you take it to trusted people in your life. Like, Hey, when I pray about like this college, I'm thinking about going to, when I pray about this job opportunity, I really feel this peace. And, you know, again, somebody, a good friend would say, uh, yeah, that sounds right up, you know, that sounds right up your alley. That sounds like a great fit for you. Or you say, hey, I'm thinking about leaving my family to go trek across <laughs> Europe for three years. And Sounds like a great and fit your for you. your friends <laughs> that are good. Ah, that, you know, doesn't seem like... God's character where he, you know what I'm saying? Right. It doesn't seem like that aligns with the principles in God's word. So talking with someone. And then I said, as you grow in a relationship with someone, you study them. Like you're taking notes on things that they say. You're putting their birthday in your calendar so that you don't forget. When you, when they're ordering coffee, you like take note of what that coffee is so that someday when you like want to just stop by and bring him a coffee, you know what they drink. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And that study part comes from God's word. So how do you best practice a relationship with God? You talk to him, and, you know, through prayer, and then you study him through his word. Like the Bible is God's letter to us. Like God wrote it through people to give it to us. So when you're like, I don't know what God says, like he, already, he wrote it down. He's not trying to like play games with us. It's written down. And so I would say become a student of the words he's already given. Like, let's listen. Let's take notes. So get yourself a little, a journal and start reading the Bible um, and taking notes on what you're reading. So um, if you're new to the faith and you just want to get to know Jesus, um, I'd, I'd honestly start with uh, one of the gospels. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those are the stories of Jesus on earth. And you can kind of get to know Jesus a little bit. Some of the Old Testament stuff is, is hard to understand. It's easier to understand once you know who Jesus is. Right. Um, but I, I would start with those. Um, a great tool is the Bible app. It's the U version app. You can get that, that on your phone. You can get on your iPad or whatever. Um, but if you just are like, I struggle with anxiety, I or I want to know Jesus, or um, I want to study on fear, or I want to learn what the Bible says about um, gambling. Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever it might be, I don't know. But the Bible app, I guarantee you, the Bible app has a study for it search anxiety and they'll list all these Bible studies. A lot of times they'll have um, somebody will write a little paragraph about it. They'll give one or two verses and a, a chance for you to respond. So, so it's a great tool. Um, I, I think, I think it's good to pick a book and read all the way through it, get the whole picture. But there are again, moments where you just need it like a little bit, like the prayer, just a minute here throughout the day, a, a, a verse that speaks specifically to an issue that you're, you're dealing with. So I would absolutely recommend the Bible app. Um, when it comes to the Bible, again, best practices, like how can you learn best? 
Um, we use a tool at Crossroads. It is not ours. People have been doing it for years. But when you when it comes to sitting down and reading the Bible, we use what we call the SOAP method. And it's an acronym, S-O-A-P. And it's scripture, observation, application, and a prayer. So let's say I wanted to go sit down and read Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to sit down with my notebook and I'm going to uh, write my S-O-A-P out, top to bottom. I'm going to start with scripture. So I'm going to read Matthew chapter 5, and I read the whole thing. Matthew chapter 5, it's a sermon Jesus is giving. It's called the Sermon on the Mount, very famous sermon in the Bible. And then I'm just going to pick a verse that stands out to me. I mean, there are times you read the Bible and you just get like smacked in the face in a nice way. You're just like, whoa, yeah. why is that exactly what I needed to hear? And there's other times where you're like, that's interesting to me. And yeah. both are fine. We're just trying to learn who God is through the word, right? So Matthew chapter 5, and then I have this S for scripture. So I'm going to write down a verse that spoke to me. So Matthew 5 verse 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. So I get in my notebook and I write that whole verse out. There's something about seeing it reading it, writing it. It's now kind of committing it partially to memory. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. So then I'm going to go to my O and that's just observation. I'm going to write my own observations about this verse. Things that are interesting to me. Um, blessed. Like what do I, what does blessed mean? I might look up the dic- uh, in the dictionary. What's the definition for blessed? Um, blessed are the pure in heart. Like what does it mean to be pure? Like what, you know, uh, they will see God. Well, we can't see God. Like what could that possibly, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to write down all my thoughts Yeah. and that's the area where you might dig deeper. Like you might stop there and not go on to any other verses for the next week because you're digging deep. I'm going to look in the Bible when it talks about pure heart. I'm going to Google it. Verses about pure in heart and see what it tells me a pure heart looks like. So if I want to, if I want, um, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, they will see God. If I want to see God, I have to have a pure heart. What does it mean to have a pure heart? I'm probably going to have to get, take verses from other places. But all of that is in the observation. Yeah. And I would say don't limit that. If you're like, no, I'm loving this verse, find other, do a word study on every single word in that line. The the next part is application. So now that's where I go like, um, how do I take this verse and apply it to my life? And in this situation, I would go, what areas of my life is it glaringly obvious that my heart is not pure? Mm. Are there, uh, is there a resentment that I'm carrying um, is there a, a, a sin? Is there something that I know God is not okay? Is there a behavior in my life that I've been feeling sick when I do or live in this area? Do you know? Absolutely. Like what areas of my life, like I want to see God. So what areas are not pure do I right. need to talk through? So that's the application part is not what does, do you feel like it's saying to you? No, no, no. Like how do I take the words that Jesus said and now apply it specifically to where I'm at today. You might not be, hopefully you're not in that place in five years, but you might read that in another five years and go like, here's a totally different area that my heart is not pure. So that's the application. And then the prayer And we always just encourage people like, write it out, write a prayer to God because mm. uh, down the road, when you open this, you know, journal up five years later, you can remember where you were in this moment. And so I would write out a prayer that, you know, it doesn't have to be 10 pages long, but just, God, I want to have a pure heart. I want, I want to walk 
in purity like you want me to walk in purity. Help me to do that. Amen. You know, it's nothing special. But but now, so you've got, you're combining this conversation where you're talking, you're listening, and then you don't always hear his voice. So you go to the words he's already said, right. and then you dig into So the third thing I would just say too, so your, your prayer, reading the Bible, best practices, how do you walk with Jesus? What sets you up for success? Yeah. And the third is be a part of a local church. The, the local church is, is God designed it to be his uh, like hands and feet in this earthly, like we don't see him, but like when he's not here, like the, the church is here to help us, like to link arms together, walk this journey together. Like we said, encourage you when you're like, I, hey, I think I'm just going to, you know, like go what you know, leave everything behind and go do my own thing. They're the ones that go, hey, that may not be the best thing for you and your family. Let's think about this for a little bit. So get involved. They're the ones who encourage you. They're the ones who lift you up. So uh, you got to talk to Jesus, read his word, and be with his people. To me, best practices and how to set you up for success in your walk with the Lord. If you've been thinking about going to a church, but you don't have a church to go to, the church that we go to and we want to invite you to is Crossroads 40th and Superior. Service at 10 o'clock and uh, come in as you are. Yeah, find us on social media at The Matt and Beth Show. We're on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us, Show at gmail.com and let us know you're coming. We'll save you a seat. I need some good news, baby. Give it to me. Give it to me. Your wrap-up is brought to you by Trinity Chiropractic, Beth. We talked a lot today about the best practices of your relationship with Jesus. And the bottom line is, if you've begun a relationship with Jesus, chances are people have said to you, hey, you should really start to pray. Hey, you should really read your Bible. But a lot of times when people throw those things out there, we don't really know what they mean. And then we're like, hey, I tried that. And then like, what else do I, what else do I do? What Now what do I do? Now what, now what do I do? Bottom line is those are the two of the best ways. We said three of them. Talk to God, pray, uh, read his word, learn about him, and three, be with people. I just want to say, like, those are the best. Sure, you're going to find devotionals. Sure, you're going to find other authors that you like that explain things. That's all on top of these are the best things. So just trust that process when people tell you to do that. But there's a verse in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. It says, my counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You received Christ Jesus the master. Now live in him. You're deeply rooted in him. You are well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught schools out quit studying the subject and start living it and let your living spill over into thanksgiving and i'm not trying to like oversimplify things and just be like hey all you got to do is like pray for five minutes and read your bible for one chapter and go to church once a month and now you have all the answers i'm not trying to oversimplify i'm just saying those are the three best things that you can do to grow in relationship with jesus i believe Almost every pastor, every uh, Bible teacher would tell you those things. So just like this verse says, now you've received it. Like, just do it. There's no condemnation on the days that you don't get it done. But if you want to live your best relationship with Jesus, talk to him in prayer, learn about him through studying the word, and be around his people by going to church. I promise you, you will grow. I'm Beth, and that's your wrap-up. I need some good
Uh, have you seen these new lights I got? Okay, she's blind. <laughs> these really are lame. I could have got these at the dollar store for a dollar. I spent six bucks on these things, and I probably would have spent the sixteen ninety nine. Right, you could have got your. Do you know why? Because I got a friggin' <laughs> gift card to Target, and so what do I do when I get gift cards places? <laughs> you buy six dollars. I go in like a little kid, and I know I have my fifty dollars gift card. Rewind and start this whole thing over okay. because I feel like there was some good stuff. <laughs> this is the Matt and Beth show. All the other episodes are at themattandbethshow.com. Bye, everybody. You got me feeling like a Sunday. Oh, you got me feeling, got me feeling like a Sunday. Every day, every day, every day, like a Sunday.